It's time to open up the hollowed halls of leadership. It's time to figure out what the secrets are to being a successful leader and running a successful organization. It's time for VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Your host is Jeff Smith, an executive coach and business leader who has over two decades of forward-thinking executive leadership as a human resources and operations professional. Now, Jeff and his guest experts are ready to share their tips and studies with you. Now, here is Jeff Smith. Welcome to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. So glad we could, that you could be with us today on Halloween Day. Oh my God. It's crazy. It's kind of crazy, Lee, isn't it? Well, it's a costume radio show today. We need to get one of these webcam things so you premium subscribers could actually see what we look like today. As you can tell, uh, <laughs> this is Jeff Smith. We've got Lee Hebert here today. Yes, we sir. also have a special guest, Diane Wynn, who's on the phone. Diane, you want to say hi? Hello, all. All right. Well, we are continuing a conversation that started a few weeks ago around uh, generational mythology, the mm-hmm. the what's myth, what's reality, what's the truth, well, at least in Lee's mind, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then Diane will counteract that. I missed the first one, so we had to have the Generation X perspective, so we'll get into some details about that. <laughs> we uh, so appreciate you listening each and every week to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Thanks for the notes. Please continue to send us uh, notes. So during the week, if you want to send us a note at jeff at voltageleadership.com. Uh, we love to, to hear from you. You can always call Diane in our office at area code 540-798-1963. We'd be happy to work with you. We have got a very busy schedule, but we still have some openings for a few more clients. So love to have you. If uh, you need a speaker, fantastic. We'd love for you to maybe connect with Lee and have him come out and really inspire your group and be able to help you think about new and different ways to do it. Awesome. Yeah. And we take the show on the road. So please feel free to, to hire us out. And if uh, you want the uh, lovely and talented Diane, she could even come along and talk about the, the these youngest generation. Actually, that's an interesting <laughs> point because uh, in our first radio show about millennial mythology, Diane and I had such a, had just a, a blast doing it. We do take it on the road. And it's interesting because me being a middle boomer uh, and Diane, from her perspective, uh, it's pretty good stuff if we say so myself. Right, Diane? I'd agree. So today will be uh, an all volt, uh, voltage leadership uh, show. So we'll have Diane, Lee, and myself. So I'm not going to do introductions. I think you've uh, met us along the way. If you, uh, Diane's probably the only one you don't know quite as well. Diane's generally behind the scenes, keeping us all straight um, and doing research and putting together presentations for us. So Diane, glad to have you here today. So let's dive in a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Lee, you, you came up with the topic. You know, what made you just to say, gosh, I really want to spend some time talking about this topic. Why does this show up and, and, and why should our listeners care about this topic? Interesting question. And the, the topic is generation, generational mythology versus generational reality. Mm-hmm. And kind of a spinoff of what Diane and I were talking about before. Let me just take a step back and talk about that. I'm a middle boomer. Diane is a, a millennial. And we kind of lanced some of the things that were stereotypes. Uh, in truth, there's some things that were the boomers and the millennials are very similar at. And recently wrote a blog about that. So the the spinoff is the the real energy is around the other generations. Um, you know, we were talking earlier the traditionalists. You know, the World War II crowd. They're kind of had their day. There's some boomers out there, middle boomers, telling boomers going to hit the finish line another 10 years or so. But then the real energy in my mind about today's program is about Generation X that I think are kind of the, the drivers of, uh, of the entrepreneurial spirit right now. And millennials 
where Diane and I will, you know, comment more on. And then Generation Z, those uh, young people that are born in the 1990s that are just now starting their career. And so really, we're talking about B, X, Y, and Z. <laughs> well, I like it when I uh, when I give the speech. Uh, uh, mine is baby boomers, Gen X, Gen Y. Oh, oh my. <laughs> so now we got their Z in there and uh, maybe yet unforeseen Z formation. They drive their Z cars to supermarkets. And there's no way that Diane would know where that reference is from. <laughs> it's from a TV show called Living Color. Yeah, you weren't even born yet. So, okay. Uh, hello. So um, let's do a little dive. So, you know, as as we start to think about this um, – you know, maybe some just uh, broad definitions, just so that we're all working off the, the sure. same thing. So, what what are the generations? Can you just give us a you know a, a one minute thumbnail sketch on our generations? Yeah, let's talk about employees that were born in the 1940s. They come of age in the 50s and 60s. That's the traditionalist thing. It's really not what we're going to be focusing on. Sometime, uh, sometimes in the 50s, you're getting into the you know the middle boomer area, which is kind of my zone. Um, those are people up to about 1964, 65, depending on who you ask. Yeah, kind of the height of the Beatles there. Yeah, yeah height okay. of the Beatles. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, Hard Day's Night, there was Beatlemania. There literally were young females losing their minds when the Beatles landed it uh, in New York City. And then you get to the people born from that step forward, about 64, 65. We're talking about the X uh, generation. And I think there's a huge either misunderstanding or lack of understanding. Are they lost? Are they, because they're in the shadow, they're getting out of the shadow of the boomers, basically, is what's taking place. I resemble this remark. Well, there you go. 1968, (laughs) so I'm a bit of an early Xer, but I'm definitely a Gen Xer. There you go. uh, you know, we'll talk about the XRC in a minute. So what, what come at, So that goes to about 82, 83. So, yes, so what, comes after, uh, what it, comes after that? After that, you get the millennials. And the millennials are, you know, as Diane and I were describing, the, the people who sometimes are maligned, sometimes not. We really try to dispel that. What's mythology? And if you, if you want to go back and listen to that, it's called millennial mythology. <laughs> what is based on experience and what really is, you know, the based on noise that people are just regurgitating things that all oh, those darn millennials, it's just not true, right, Diane? And then yeah, uh, after the millennials get into the, <laughs> get to about 1994 or so, depending on who you ask, uh, and then you get the the Generation Z. Some people call them iGen. Some people call them a bunch of different things. Digital natives is another digital, one. Digital natives. We call them our kids. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, basically, my kids started uh, in 1999. So I've, my kids are all born between 1999 and 2006. So I'm raising four of them. <laughs> well, and to your point, from that point forward, from the 90s, early 90s forward, each generation came up in a certain genre, if you will. I mean, I came up, you know, in the Reagan 80s. You came up in the Clinton 90s. You know, people coming up in the uh, after the millennial, uh, you know, what are the things that are influencing them? And really what I was hoping to accomplish in our time together today is to how, what's the juxtaposition? How do these things juxtapose? How does X, Y, and Z juxtapose? We hear a lot about boomers. Yeah, okay, that's fine. But let's drill on X because I think that's where a lot of the meat of the matter is. So I get to talk today. Woo! I like it. <laughs> so it. Um, so here's Gen X um, uh, in sort of a heartbeat, right? We're the the latchkey kids, ah. right? You know, so we're the ones that came up on Pong and Atari. Pong. Oh, yes, oh. we did. Oh. 
Diane's like, what in the world I, is Pong? And could you explain, please? <laughs> it was a simple game that basically you had a paddle and a ball bounced between two lines. And that was one of the very first video games. Digital, or not, it's analog video ping pong. Yes. It's in the museum. Yes. Ah, yes. Okay, okay. I understand now. <laughs> we had Game Boy. We had Nintendo. Game Boy. Oh, oh. The PC was invented. Yes. A personal computer. That That's what we came about. Hello. Hey, here's some things that were happening, though, from a social perspective. The divorce rate tripled. Yep. Whereas previous generation of traditionals and even boomers, they kind of stayed in marriages. The Gen X, what we are, we're very skeptical of big organizations, of institutions, of whether that's big companies. Because what happened was our parents, so not mine personally, but a lot of people's, were laid off by companies like AT&T. Mm-hmm. They announced 40,000 person layoffs. So mm-hmm. our parents, the Gen Xers, the reason we we're latchkey key kids was that both of our parents are going to work for the first time, you know, mm-hmm. more in that generation than any previous generation. So mm-hmm. they go to work to make the buck and they go work really hard, work these long hours. And then AT&T and Chrysler and companies like that all lay people off. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, why do I work so hard? So the babies are, you know, my generation, we're looking and saying, we kind of raising ourselves. And then all those big companies, well, that didn't work out for our parents. Mm-hmm. So what that will translate to later on is that, we're the ones that say, I don't know, this corporate America thing, you know, I don't know. I'm going to be too wed to it. We're, we're the ones that sort of walk around with uh, our, our backpacks, really, you know, not not uh, briefcases. We're the ones walking around the backpacks. We're the ones that want to change the dress code in the workplace and said, you know, I've got to take care of myself. So we're skeptical of big institutions. I got to take care of myself. So we need things like Six Sigma certification. We need our own, like, you know, coaching federation so that we can do our own things. Wow, does this sound like me? You're a member of the federations. I'm a me- no, I don't like federations. Okay, I, only go. if they're serving for me, right? And so here's the funny thing, just, uh, you know, I'll talk about me for just a second, was that I, I went to my first job and, and was there for like 12 years. This was Signa Bank that became Capital One. And you know, 12 years and everyone's like, all my contemporaries are like, what are you doing? Like, how can mm-hmm. you stay at one place so long? We're supposed to be switching jobs every three to four years. Mm-hmm. But Lee and the boomers are like, no, you need to be loyal, you know. Oh, if you change jobs more than uh, once in 10 years, right. oh, oh, the big flags go up. And so then you got people like me like, okay, so at first, and by the way, I'm a first child, so I'm probably a little bit more loyal and going to do the right thing. Well, so then once I start switching though, like, I did switch. So then I go to the next company for like four and a half years. And then after that, it was like a year and a half, <laughs> you know, and then it's Pattern like, here. and then two years. And then it's like, screw it. I'm just going to start my own company. <laughs> I finally found someone I can work for me. <laughs> so, so the first part of my career, and this happened to a lot of my Gen X friends, we were really loyal. We tried to kind of be like a boomer. So those folks born late sixties, early seventies, we tried the boomer kind of thing and realized it really wasn't working for us. And so this generation, the Xers was more likely to sort of say, I'm not going to stay for the gold watch. I don't need to be here for the pension. Literally, right. I left the healthcare system and people were like, what are you doing? You're yep. going to walk away from a pension? I'm like, yep. what do I care about a pension? Yeah. Right? I'm going to take care of it on my own. So, yeah. Diane, what did that raise for you? You know, hearing a little bit about us, these Gen Xers. Um, that's interesting, actually, because I feel like there are more similarities between uh, millennials, my generation, and yours, Jeff, uh, than, you know, that we're led on to believe because one of the typical myths about my generation is that job hopping 
is essentially in our resume, right? So, so when you were talking about changing positions uh, for, to better yourself and everything, I was just thinking about how my generation has a tendency to move jobs a lot as well. Yeah, you do have a tendency to move jobs a lot in the in the millennial generation. Mm-hmm. And so what I'd say about that is that, um, you know, I, I, we'll, we'll sort of wrap this segment around X and then we'll sort of pick up on some best practices and things like that. Sure. Right? Um, is that um, as an X, we're a little tired of hearing about the baby boomers. Gosh, darn it. They're so big, <laughs> you know, 80 million. And then these little whippersnappers called millennials, like, you know, see, Diane, you took you took what was best about the Xers and made it about you. You know, we just stop already. What these Xers? We're like so ready to take over the world. Yep. And what's happening? The millennials are like passing us that, you know, they're coming up with new technology that we can't quite figure out. The boomers, because of the way the economy went from like 2008 to maybe 13 or so, they wouldn't leave. You know, mm-hmm. so we were ready to send. They wouldn't leave. We sneezed for a second. Those daggum millennials are trying to pass us. Yeah. Get off my lawn already, <laughs> would you, you millennials? Well, the boomers are still aren't leaving. I'm going to run you over with my lawnmower. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, you sound like a boomer talking, Jeff. Illuminating leadership. So, you know, obviously lots of this in joke. But, you know, that's, that's kind of the way some of the generations are. So we'll talk about this in more. As most of you know, this is really not how I am. Of so, so I played it to the extreme. But we're up against the break. So when we come back from bro- break, we'll see if I'm still here. And <laughs> uh, we'll continue the conversation in two. Take care. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Do you know that over 70% of Americans with severe disabilities are unemployed? Are you one of the 2.5 million Americans with epilepsy? If you are, or know someone struggling with these issues, tune in to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. On the show, Joyce will discuss these issues as well as others. She will have on nationally known guests that will offer helpful insight on disability matters and let you, the listener, call in with your questions and concerns. So if you struggle with a disability or know someone who does, listen to Disability Matters with Joyce Bender. Heard every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time here on VoiceAmerica.com. Where are you getting your advice on buying, selling, or maintaining your most important asset, your home? Is it from a reality show on cable TV, a comparison website, or are you just flying by the seat of your pants and gut instinct? Stop now before you make another move. Tune into Real Real Estate Today with host and realtor Deb Tomorrow. You can't afford to play guesswork when it comes to your new or existing home. Listen every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. 
To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. I did come back. So Jeff ah. Smith here today. I got Lee Hubert as well. Uh, so by identity, uh, Lee is our baby boomer representative. Uh, Jeff Smith, I'm the Gen Xer, and Diane Wynn is our millennial. Uh, I could probably have my kids come down at some point and uh, you know knock on the door and, and say, hey, we got Gen X representative. So this is this is a fun conversation, you know. And uh, what we're going to start to get into though is, you know, what do we do when we're sort of trying to work, you know, and all these folks together, right? So we'll come back to the Gen Z in just a moment, you okay. know. But as we start to think about the most people in the workplace right now are baby boomers, you know. So sort of think, you know, 52, 53 and above, right? About 80 million in the in the workplace, uh, 80 million boomers total. Um, then you got the Xers in the middle. They're the smallest generation since the traditionalists, mm-hmm. but they're ascending. So about 55 million in that population base, mm-hmm. and they're ascending. You know, they're they've sort of mid-career, um, but they're still the ones that are maybe looking at vice president roles, director roles, etc. And then we've got millennials like Diane. You know, again, that's going to be about 80 million people. Um, they're the ones that have started the career maybe five, ten years into the career, mm-hmm. and they're starting to say, hmm. What is it that I want in the workplace? So I think the the first thing I'd have you think about leaders listening to this is, you know, you've been used to managing primarily baby boomers. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were taught by a traditionalist how mm-hmm. to be a manager. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden you've got folks like Gen X and Gen Y slash millennials that are, they're, they're going to be the predominant workforce for you. And so Lee, as you think about that, you know, Diane, I'll come to you next, but Lee, as you think about that, what do you want the leaders to be thinking about as they start to really mostly manage Gen Xers, Gen Y, and then Z behind it? That's a fabulous question, Jeff. And for you people who are not watching us on our webcam right now, Jeff is wearing this stunning tie-dye <laughs> t-shirt as he's railing on us boomers here. I'm just having a flashback. A homemade hot tie-dye oh, t-shirt. Oh, it's well done, too. <laughs> Fascinating question. Think about it this way. Um, you know, I can either work for somebody as a boss or I am that person's reporting relationship and the, di- the dynamic cuts both ways. Excellent point. If I've been trained by traditionalists and boomers, is that the operating system that's resonating? Is it really? So the first thing that I would say is get gravitational, can the noise, get behind the manager's closed door in one-on-one mode and really suspend any pre Uh, disposition that you have and just listen Mm -hmm. because there are times when for example when uh, Diane and I did our radio show I learned a whole new vocabulary lexicon like you Mm -hmm. know OMG FOMO YOLO uh, sarcasm off LOL okay but most of that (laughs) and FR for real man I'm for real so so there's there's that version of that I think that is cemented in between each generation. Yeah. Um, I, I, have a, I know a lot of people who are Generation X who are, who are wonderfully good entrepreneurs. Jeff's a great example. And to come out of the shadow of those boomers is like, okay, for good grief, how long do we have to suffer through this stuff? So the first thing is just get gravitational and listen. Second thing is we've talked about it in, in previous shows, be inquisitive yeah. and share the rationale as to why you're asking what you're asking. Because with with some generations, and I, I'm really most interested in the interrelationships between generations X and Y, 
you know, we've talked a lot about boomers and stuff and, you know, boomers, this and boomers. great. But X's are really driving the show right now. And I, they really have the economic momentum. They're the entrepreneurs of this of, of the current economy, even though there's, quote, only 55 million of them. Mm. There's another 80 million Y millennials coming behind them. So that's an important um, relationship to drill on. So the second thing is being inquisitive and sharing the rationale. Here's why I want to know what I want to know. The third thing is, you know, for the right reasons, how do we coalesce as a team, whether I'm reporting to you, whether you're on my team, whether we're strategic colleagues, how do we uh, unlock each other's potential without getting stuck in some of this other stereotype noise? Good. Diane, I'm curious what, uh, you know, as you listen to Lee and me, you know, what are you curious about? What's showing up for you? Oh, well, as far as curiosity and um, tips and whatnot go, I think what's one thing that's really important within the workplace is breaking the barrier. I know Jeff and Lee, uh, y'all very much welcomed me into the office, and even though I was the token millennial, um, you guys were <laughs> very much willing to break that barrier and, you know, just were constantly reminding me that I just have a different approach from y'all and vice versa as well. You guys have a very different approach from me and that collaborative effort is just important and, you know, can really move a company or a group forward. So. Cool. So, you know, what I'd say is um, for our leaders here, uh, just like Lisa said, be curious. Um, I don't get so hung up into the generations and what they are as what's the talent, but there is a sense of with boomers and traditionalists, there was, you know, the corner office and there was the loyalty and you stay here for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the boomers originally rebelled against a lot of that sort of, you know, uh, big government and, and Mm -hmm. here's how we're going to do it. And, you know, they're the, they were the protesters, but then they got in power and they become, they became the man. Mm -hmm. Like they, they cared about Mercedes and, and they cared about having prestige and, us Xers looked at it and said, I don't quite understand. You're the protesters, and now you want it to be kind of the way you want it. And so what I'd say f- when you're starting to work with the Gen Xers is to understand that we are a little rebellious because we can't quite find our spot. Mm-hmm. You know, And so we're, we're saying, okay, I don't need to be here from 7 in the morning until 5 in the afternoon and be seen. Mm-hmm. Let's do the right thing. We're less likely to want to be in an hour meeting mm-hmm. because Why? Like, that's the standard that used to be in place was we met for an hour. Couldn't we do it in, like, 27 minutes? You know, mm-hmm. I'll compare and contrast that. Uh, some of the boomers I knew versus Xers and millennials, when it comes to parenting, we are the ones that are really, in a lot of ways, late boomers, Gen Xers. We're the ones that are really raising the trophy gen- kid generation that we, you know, pick on. But part of that is that we're so involved in their lives, mm-hmm. whereas, you know, my dad – I don't think he changed my brother's diaper. I have a brother that's a Gen Xer. You know, he's about nine years younger than me. I don't think my dad changed his diaper more than twice in his life. Right. You know, very much involved, but very different. Whereas for me, it was like I gave the baths, I went to all the games, I go to the parent-teacher conferences. You know, I help with the homework. You know, and that's of just a different generation. Mm-hmm. So that meant that I don't want to be here extra hours. I want to get the work done so I can get home to my family. Mm-hmm. So that's one institution that I respect. Mm-hmm. Whereas. Coming and working for the same company for a long time and doing it all for them, that's not going to work. And so how can you as a leader be more flexible? This is where I think the X and the Y, millennials, 
we're similar. We want more flexibility. Mm -hmm. We want to make a difference. Mm -hmm. We want to be connected to our community. Mm -hmm. So those are places where millennials and Generation X could be working together. Mm -hmm. So as you start to lead them, start to say, you know, one-on-ones don't need to be an hour. One-on-ones can be done at a different time period. Mm -hmm. They might be walking on a greenway when we do it. Mm -hmm. They might be done virtually. It might be done over Skype. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Where it gets a little different for a millennial versus an Xer is that the, the millennial has got connections all the world and just have it at their fingertips, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, they're going to have the newest app. Whereas a Gen Xer still might be, okay, can I just send it to you on, on an email? Why do, right. why do I have to like download Slack onto my, on right. my computer? I don't quite understand what's happening here. Mm -hmm. So Diane, what would you hear from uh, listening to uh, Lee and I talk in that segment? Oh, so absolutely. With uh, the, I definitely resonated with the flexible meeting times and everything like that because I was actually reading some statistics saying that although, um, you know, baby boomers and whatnot, you all have a tendency to love that nine to five and you work really hard from nine to five and everything. But people have found that millennials have a tendency to work throughout the day, all day, even after work hours. So that flexibility, like you were talking about, Jeff, is super important. So um, being comfortable enough to take, you know, to take a meeting by Skype or by walking on Greenway or anything like that is definitely something that I feel, you know, that we should be starting to move into, even though, Lee, how comfortable is that for you to be able to move into that? Well, interesting point. Uh, learn behavior. I mean, because there's a lot of times when, you know, I'll, I'll think of a time, this will be the, the, the 80s that I alluded to, you know, the dress code was a three-piece suit. You know, this included a vest, this included a tie, and non-Rockport shoes. I mean, you had to have, you know, Stacey Adams, you had to have, you know, real shoes with patent leather or shined up, and, you know, you had to stand up in attention. And there was this undercurrent of, if you're the good soldier, you are going to donate your body to science and spend the rest of your remaining life here, you know, working for what Jeff is calling the man. Now, there's a part of that to get up the ladder a little bit in careerism mode and all that kind of thing. But I'm noticing that the it's learned behavior for a lot of boomers. It just doesn't compute. It's like, I have to see you in the office, therefore... I see that you're doing something and therefore you're productive. Well, we all know that it may or may not be true. There's a lot of people that occupy space in an office that are just take, literally taking up space, right? So it's learned behavior. And I would also say from the middle boomers to the, the tail end boomers, I'm going to draw a line of demarcation here. I think that there's like, as Jeff was talking about, the tail end boomers and Generation X, there's something to that with the middle boomers to the tail end boomers. There's more... Uh, ability to accept and adapt than probably they're given credit for. Areas of technology is an example. Not to say that, you know, older boomers or traditionalists don't get it, but I mean, compared to what I'm talking about, they really don't, okay? It's like this is the the boomer whose uh, older siblings are, you know, 10, 15 years older than them. This is the difference between, you know, uh, 1962 and Gene Pitney and you know, 1973 in uh, exile or 72 in exile on Main Street in the Rolling Stones. Okay, this is a big difference. So excellent point in, in there is a way to do it. And there are uh, uh, demarcate lines of demarcations within the boomer generation. Cool. So um, 
Diane, I had no idea what he's talking about on the music either, so <laughs> it makes you feel better. I, I was just like, where is he going Exile with this? Exile on Main Street. Come on, Gene Pitney, a town without pity. Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, what you said. Whatever you said. You know, you can, it's can, a can, town without pity. Can I, can I fast forward to some Bruce Springsteen? and? Uh, Please do. Okay, there See, we Boomer's go. Boomer's got it yeah. covered. Yeah. So um, what, I, what I recommend us doing now is uh, we'll uh, take a break in just a moment. And let's start to come back to, let's talk about X just a moment I yep. mean, uh, to wrap up X. But then let's go to Z and say, what do we should be expecting? And how can leaders start to build these teams and right. what to think about? So, you know, from this segment, I would just have you say, stay curious. I would really start to challenge your leadership style that you're using right now. Because it's probably based off of being trained by traditionalists and boomers who were much more, as Diane said, used to nine to five hierarchy. Um, Here's, you know, you tell, I'll tell you what to do. And that just doesn't work in this knowledge economy where I can send a tweet out, a Snapchat, a Slack, and everyone has that information that it used to be. You had to go to the corner office, get it from a vice president who passed it to another vice president who passed it to a director. And three days later, you might get it through an inner (laughs) office office. So in today's world, I can send one tweet and everyone in the company has it. So when you come back, we're going to take a two-minute break. When we come back, we'll pick up the conversation. Talk to you in two. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. Tune in every week for Envision with co-hosts Thomas Rosenberg and Ronnie Langer Kroger. The show is all about building an inclusive and just future by connecting people with ideas. Connect with what's happening in your community, your country, and around the world as we speak with amazing guests who are fostering change and making their communities better. Envision is heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Variety Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at voltageleadership.com. 
Now back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome to, back to VoltCast Illuminating Leadership. We've been having an interesting and fun discussion. I hope you've enjoyed it today. We've got Lee Hubert, our resident baby boomer. Yes, sir. Diane Wynn, our resident uh, millennial, and uh, Jeff Smith, who is uh, your Gen X host here. So, yes, uh, like I like the X here. That looks like, uh, you know, the 1968 Olympics or something. That yeah, Lee, is, Lee X, is doing. X, uh, X, X. He's doing his X here. So um, let's talk about who's not in the room then. Let's talk a little bit about Gen Z. Let's um, talk about that. Yeah, so you know they'll they'll go by different names. We haven't even completely settled the the, the time period because um, you know quite honestly it's changing. And the soci- sociologists that are trying to figure it originally they were going to have millennials go all the way through uh, 2006 mm-hmm. um, and or 2004, excuse me, and they realized that that might have been too long that the things have sped up. Just so you know, um, you know, there's a there's a book called Generations Rising. There's also um, Millennials and Managing Multiple Generations. This goes back to all the way to the 1500s. That there's generally four different generations that come through, mm-hmm. and each generation will have its own set of characteristics. Mm-hmm. And so this isn't like, oh my gosh, this is just a new thing because computers and things like that. No, normally you have someone like a traditionalist that. They're the ones that are stable. They have good values. They do all these wonderful things that, that, that are really maybe religious-oriented, very public, community-service-oriented. Then you have some like baby boomers happen. that They were raised by traditionalists, but they're going to bang up against it and say, mm-hmm. yeah, that worked for them, but we need some innovation. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you have the, the Xers come along that say, okay, that's good. We don't quite like how the boomers did it. We have our own ideas, mm-hmm. and they're going to be innovative in different ways. Then the millennials come along and say, hold on, we actually want to get back to a few of those values that the traditional had, mm-hmm. back to some community, but we want to do it in a new and different way. Mm-hmm. And it repeats itself throughout history. So just know that this is, while it's a we're, it's in the press a lot, this has been going on for at least back to the 1500s. Wow, so, fascinating yeah. point. I'm envisioning like the Gutenberg press and somebody going, dust is dust. Yes. <laughs> and so now with, with the Z, you know, what you're going to see is some return back to how do we build community? How do we come back together? They're going to be pretty loyal. Mm-hmm. They're going to want to say, you know, I want my voice heard. But they're also kind of coming back to institutions and saying, boy, we're all disparate. Yes, the social media thing is great. I'm glad that I've got my ability to, to be myself. But they're also looking for like, where's my tribe? How do I connect? Because it's a little hard for them to find out, like, I don't know where to really connect. And so as you're starting to think about Gen Z, they're looking for ways to connect and learn and say, yes, I'm community oriented, but where's my voice get heard by a sane group of people? Mm -hmm. Interesting point, because uh, some of the millennial dialogue, you know, the millennials are are likely to be the most educated generation, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, along and there's and they're and by numbers are going to be well over 80 million. So they're going to be the biggest since the boomers. So they share that in common with Z is from what from what I've seen. Yep. Z is, is kind of in this vortex. If you think back to 1968, I know that's early in your tenure. <laughs> January 31st, 68. So, same, you same. know, so I got the whole year almost. There you go. So <laughs> think, think back to 1968. The world was changing, okay? A lot of upheaval and all this, you know, energy for all over the place. Some of that is taking place now, and some of that is shaping Generation Z in a different way. Um, just the demographics, and you mentioned the sociological aspect of this, the, the demographics, the diversity element component is changing radically right now. I was reading, I forget what the, the research showed, by 2040, I said, you know, uh, 
uh, Caucasian people are going to be a one of several uh, about the same number of minorities, that sort of thing. So just understand the fundamental basis for which people are relating to each other is changing and changing rapidly. So the Generation Z that is out there now starting their careers, figuring out what they want to do going forward, think about it, 20 years from now, 20 quick years from now, we're going to be in the place I was just describing. Another characteristic is uh, just in terms of, you know, you heard the saying, who rocks the cradle controls the future. Who's rocking the Z's cradle? Mm. And a lot of times that's Xers, right? Yeah. But it's also, you mentioned something I think fascinating, that the, the Xs, or excuse me, the, the Ys and the Zs have a lot more in common with their grandparents, with some right. of the boomers, than is readily apparent. And the show Diane and I did together, it's like, these are the things that they had in common, millennials with boomers. They both wanted to be heard. They were both somewhat rebellious, to your point, and they both wanted to be respected in the workplace. I don't have to do it necessarily your way, but you have to hear me. You have to respect me. We're back to talking about everybody with Xers again. Okay, no, fun, no, you know. All right, Xers back. Okay, and I'll defer to Diane now. So, Diane. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you what do you know? So I know Diane in her part time. Uh, she teaches a lot of swim lessons and you know uh, babysits and leads uh, you know kids that are that are uh, uh, of the generation Z. You know what do you notice the difference between sort of your generations and the and the next one coming up? Um, well, with the generation Z, I feel as if honestly they're even they're even more fast. They're even more invested in technology. Um, and everything. I know with my generation, uh, when we went off to college and everything, our, what we were told was to find work that was meaningful to us and everything. And I think that's going to be carried on with the next generation. I think that's one of the, I haven't met enough Gen Zers to come up with my own opinions on it, but as far as I can tell, they're, they're very fast. They're very fast and they're very invested, even more so than millennials within technology. So. Yeah. Well, and, you know, so it's interesting, uh, you know, I'll just speak to it. I was just seeing this. Uh, it just came out uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, the study that shows in the last like four or five years, the amount of screen time for kids eight and younger has more than doubled. Mm-hmm. You know, and I Absolutely. can just tell you that that our oldest. So Olivia was our oldest. Um, we were really cognizant. Like we we wouldn't let her have the screen. We would like, you know, hold it back and, you know, barely let her watch TV. And then as she got older, we gave her some more screen time. You know, maybe it's just that we're worn out. But, you know, Henry's our youngest, 2006. So Henry at this at this time is about 11. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, he's on it every day. He's this summer spent some time learning coding, you know, where, whereas Olivia is a freshman in college at Duke and she didn't know coding at all, mm-hmm. you know, and so she's learning it now in her engineering classes. Mm-hmm. Whereas Henry at 11, we're already letting him learn coding and, mm-hmm. and his screen time is much more dramatic. His, um, you know, just simple things. He's never known a VCR. <laughs> whereas <laughs> Olivia and Caroline, they still remember watching Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo and, you know, things like that. And us hauling a VCR in the car and things like that. Now it's like, what's a VCR? You know, they, they, they really don't, they never knew CDs, you know, they're, they, they think about that. Yeah. I mean, CDs. they're like, what are those? Oh, like, you know, you know, whereas Lee thinks those are certificates deposits. From a bank. <laughs> I remember, I remember when compact disc came out and the radio voice would come out on, on crystal clear compact. And we're like, this is a big deal that in laser printers. There you go. 
You're printing it on a laser printer. Oh my God. It's like, really? Now, you know, Diane's generation is inventing 3D printers, you know? And so I think as as you're thinking about this Gen Z though, is some things to think about is that it's going to come faster. Mm -hmm. They have only known Google. You know, it's always been there for them. You know, and so, you know, Whereas Lee and I are laughing. I mean, I know Diane's going to laugh at this, but, you know, we had car catalogs and microfish and all those kind of things, right? Carbon paper. Right. Yes. And mimeograph machines. Oh, and all the mimeograph smelled great, too. It did. But information has always been available for these digital natives, mm-hmm. you know, this Gen Z. Mm-hmm. And so what we have to understand is that th- while they may be really smart, I think they're actually smarter on technical things. Mm-hmm. They're not used to interacting as much because they're living life online so much. So as a leader, what I have you start to think about, both for millennials, quite honestly, and Gen Z, is going to be, how are you going to teach things like crucial conversations? Mm -hmm. How are you going to talk to them about how to develop their career? How to give feedback, receive feedback? Very much millennials and Z have been used to working in teams way earlier than boomers and Xers were, Mm -hmm. right? And so they're going to come at it from a collaborative space and saying, hey, can't we work together? Whereas early generations were a little bit more used to competitiveness. Mm-hmm. So it's not that boomers were only competitive. They could work in teams, but it just wasn't how they were taught. Mm-hmm. So as you're thinking, though, about late millennials and Z, they've started working in group projects in like second and third grade. Mm-hmm. And that's what their norm is going to be. So asking them to be individual and just go do their research without a team, they're going to look at you inquisitively like, that seems dumb. Why wouldn't I work with my friend in China if I'm over here in the U.S.? Hello. Why wouldn't I call the person that, you know, that I was playing, you know, some game against last night? Why wouldn't I call them and ask them that question? Not call technically, right. but, you know. <laughs> right. Well, that's a fascinating point. Yeah. I mean, I was reading some research that showed in, uh, in high school, um, there was 61% of Generation Z high school students said they wanted to be an entrepreneur of some sort yeah. rather than be an employee. Mm-hmm. But just let that sink mm-hmm. in for a second because here you have this continuum, you know, traditionalist, boomer, TB, which yeah. sounds like a disease, and you get to X, right, and everything we've talked about, stepping out of that shadow, driving things, the the overlap with X and Y, and then to my point, who's rocking the, the Z's cradle right now? Yeah. And to, to, I, I enjoy seeing that, by the way, because a lot of the economic growth comes from entrepreneurship, not necessarily legacy, old, big, lethargic business. You know, God bless the blue chips. I love them, okay? But you know, a lot of the growth in the, quote, newest economy is, is going to be global, and it is going to be these things. Yeah. Uh, Diane, I, I also just- think... If I can um, make a point, I also think it's important to say uh, that Generation Z has come up uh, seeing, you know, people make it big instantaneously, essentially, like (laughs) Mark Zuckerberg just getting famous because of Facebook or even pop culture like Vine. I don't know if Jess and Lee are familiar with Vine, but people, so many people got famous from posting short clips. For example, Sean Mendez, he's one of, you know, he's a very famous artist right now. He became famous because of a couple of Vine clips, and now, you know, his whole life has changed. So they are coming up in this world seeing people just make it. So, Lee, that's one of the reasons why I feel like these kids aren't just, they're not looking at being employees. They're looking at being stars, CEOs, you know, the best of the best, because they're seeing that it's possible in, you know, shorter time. 
Yeah, so Lethought Vines was uh, things that grapes grew on, not, uh, no. you know, so I do know Vines, <laughs> I do know Shawn Mendes, you know, because I'm raising, so I listen to like Pulse Radio, and for my kids, that's like mm-hmm. the common place. Yeah, if so, you say so. Yeah, so, you know, and then every once in a while I sneak out of 80s on 8, you know, and uh, get to listen to that station from time to time, <laughs> but I do know, I do know who that is, <laughs> so... Uh, we're right up against the break here, so uh, you know let's uh, let's put a wrap on that, and then we'll come back with some other. Put best. a wrap on that. Yes, we're mid eighties. Maybe some vanilla ice here or something. So ice, ice, baby, as we go to break. Boom, See you boom, in two. Boom, boom. Streaming live, the leader in internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. To reach Jeff Smith or his guest today, please call 1-866-472-5788. Again, that's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Jeff at VoltageLeadership.com. Now back to Voltcast Illuminating Leadership. Welcome back to Volcast Illuminating Leadership. When we went to the break, we are a little vanilla ice, ice baby. Yes, we were. We need some bumper music. Then we'll have some uh, Sean uh, Mendez. Uh, maybe Diane could be singing that for us in the background oh, as we do the Grateful Dead music. Grateful Dead. I yeah, will, but thank you for the invitation. No. <laughs> there, there you go. So, um, fast-moving show. You know, I hope you were entertained. It's not quite as heavy as some of our other topics. <laughs> heavy, heavy, heavy. But, uh, you know, it is important. Here's what I would say just starting out. So we're going to do sort of wrap the show today with some some tips, tools, you know, ideas. <clears throat> what I would say is be curious first and foremost. You know, mm-hmm. so I'll, I'll pass it over to Lee here in just a second. Mm-hmm. But what, what I would say is that you probably haven't really thought about your leadership style in a while. It is changing. It will need to continue to change as Gen Z becomes into the workforce, millennials rise, and they'll be the ones that they'll be the leaders. And as Xers start to take on these leadership roles, we're going to want to do it differently. You know, you're looking at Zuckerberg saying, I want to give away all my money. Mm -hmm. I don't want to start 17 new companies. I Mm -hmm. want to give it all away, Mm -hmm. concentrate on that. 
Jeff Smith and myself, you know, I left corporate America when people wanted to give me big jobs because I was mm-hmm. like, I don't want to be a CEO of some big company. I don't want to do that. I want more time. I want to coach Phil's basketball team. I want to teach Sunday school on Sunday mm-hmm. nights. I want to be around to be able to go to JMU activities. Mm-hmm. And I knew if I'd be a C-suite member, that's mm-hmm. just not who I was. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be some of what you're going to be dealing with in the workplace. Lee, give us a couple of your best tips and tools for, for the listeners. A couple of things. Um, first of all, these are the bullet points. You maybe want to jot some of these things down. Jeff mentioned be curious. I'm going to add to that. Don't dwell on differences. Yeah. So many people just shoot themselves in the foot. The first thing they say is about how different we are. Right. Well, back in the old days, right? You're Even gonna, though we've had fun playing these roles today, but yes, keep going. Well, it's serious, I mean, because <laughs> yeah. what will happen is the, the, in the first 10 seconds, you will lose generation Y, part of X, and Z won't even know what you're talking about. Right. In the old days, what does that mean? I mean, is that, a, you know, I have no clue. So don't dwell on your differences. You know, talk about how you're alike. Second thing is to build on the collaborative type relationships, meaning that as you're being curious, understand what makes either your boss or your employer or colleague tick, right? Learn something about them. It's not rocket science, okay? If, you know, I'm guilty of this a lot in terms of speaking boomer speak and half the time Jeff or somebody will reel me in and say, wrong generation. And I'm like, oh, I forgot because it's just so natural for me to do it. In fact, I even wrote something in a blog this week. I'm thinking, oh, people aren't going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so desire to be understood in addition to uh, building collaborative relationships. Um, and then create opportunities for cross-generational meeting. And by saying that, I don't mean you know, command and control. I mean really sincere, I'm trying to understand you and your world. That just doesn't happen a lot of times. And we run, we see it as leadership people all the time. I'll take somebody who's wired a certain way and their whatever instrument, their disc, their profile XT, whatever it is, and they will interpret and even assign meaning to something that doesn't exist. Sure. And it results in a lot of wasted time, energy. Sometimes people lose their jobs. Sometimes it just absolutely bollockses their culture. It causes all kinds of anxiety for people. Now, not all of that is wrong because it gives coaches and people like us something to do, you understand? <laughs> but barring that, it's like, really, we're the ones that will come in and point that out to you. Diane, I'm going to pass it over to you. What, uh, you know, as you're thinking about, what advice would you have to, to leaders out there? I would say my biggest one is to to not assume that you understand how somebody else is based upon their age or their generation or anything like that. Because honestly, the workforce is not black and white. Um, I think what's one thing that's important is that we should celebrate that we have such a diverse workforce because we also have a very diverse customer base because of that. So don't assume and communicate um, and find ways to work through those individual differences in order to, you know, at the end of the day, make it a great place to work and satisfy your customer base. So, yeah, I think that's great. Um, You know, and remember, look, Hey, I'm a firstborn. Diane's a firstborn, you know, Lee is the youngest, you know, he likes to, you know, he, he has to be a little bit of the center of attention, which I love about Lee. And it's always fun. He's waving his hands over here trying, trying to get me distracted by a shiny bright object. (laughs) Nice shirt. Yeah. And, and what I'd say is, you know what? I know people that are 23, 24 years old that are wise souls that are really committed like Diane. Yeah. I know people that are 55 that haven't taken responsibility since they were ever yep. born. Right. Yep. And so we are all these things. What I think can be fun, though, is start to understand the boomers are looking to say, 
what mark did I leave? What's my legacy? Mm-hmm. And so letting them partner with a millennial and then uh, a Gen Z as they come into the workplace and be able to share that, it might take a moment for them to get on the same page, but mm-hmm. that's okay. Then for, you know, Xers like myself, you know, we probably could stand to be a little less defensive, right? Mm-hmm. Honestly, if I'm coaching what my own- What do you mean by that? Yeah, really. If I'm coaching my own generation, it's like, hey, be comfortable in who you are now. Mm-hmm. You've been successful. Mm-hmm. Your mid-career is starting to hit towards the second part of your career, mm-hmm. saying, what am I good at? And how can I pass that along to somebody else? But also, how can I get curious about some of these other folks? To the millennials, what I'd say to you is, hey, just like Diane said, don't make assumptions. It goes both ways. Mm-hmm. Don't make assumptions about boomers and Xers and, and why we're doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Be really curious mm-hmm. as we try to be curious and to try, try to find what's common ground for both of us, right? Mm-hmm. As you are leading, though, what I'd say is the more flexible you can be, they're probably not going to be your employee forever. Mm-hmm. You know, Lee and I, this is the third time Lee and That's I have right. worked together, That's you know, right. but we've moved in and out of different places. You know, I've said since day one to Diane, Diane, this is a two to three year job for you. Mm-hmm. You know, come learn as much as you can. That's not that I'm asking her not to be loyal. If she stays longer, fantastic. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I'm trying to be realistic of saying, what can we do to maximize the time you're here so you can learn as much as you can and then go fly and be someone great someplace mm-hmm. else? By doing that, hopefully what Diane, though, would say is, hey, there might be someone great that wants to work for Voltage next, and she might train her successor. Mm-hmm. Diane, anything else? You know, we're about uh, two, three minutes before we close here. Anything else, words of wisdom before you depart? I think you wrapped it up pretty well. Um, I do want to say, though, thank you for, you know, your words of wisdom so <laughs> that you passed down. Well, Awesome. So if she had thanked me for my words of wisdom, Lee, what do you got for us? Well, and, and along those lines, I mean, we encourage everybody that comes into our aerospace, whoever it is, if they're going to work for us, work with us, learn everything you can, because, you know, that's, it's not a forever thing. Mm-hmm. But we know that you're going to end up someplace probably in a position of leadership if you listen to what we have to say very well. And then, you know, share that knowledge. And so it's really not about lording over people or any of that sort of thing. It's really about sharing the wealth and, and includes the intellectual wealth. I just want to make a point about the managerial hand that's rocking the Gen Z cradle, if that makes that analogy. Because I call them iGen, we can call it a bunch of different things, digital natives. But think about how quickly things are going to change. Go back, pick a time frame, 20, 30 years. Now, pick a time frame in the future, 20 to 30 years from now. Mm. And what are these people going to be dealing with? Oh, my gosh, yeah. And it, it's just going to accelerate. So the more you can imbue, and I'll add the, the character piece to that, the ethics and integrity piece. Not that it's not there in native terms, but the you know in terms of leadership terms, you know that's one of the things that all generations bestow on each other. Yeah, and you know what I'd say is be curious. So if you want a, a good book, there's uh, Decoding Generational Differences by Stanton Smith out of Deloitte. Excellent. Uh, we've used it. Uh, this um, Generational Differences, Generations at Work by Ron Zimke um, is also a good one. Mm-hmm. There's uh, Millennial Rising by Neil Howe and William Strauss. But I'd also just say stay on top of it. Pew does a does uh, research every kind of year to two years. So mm-hmm. Pew Research Center, I go to every year or two. And it's mostly what I like to do is I'm just curious. And to Lee's point, you know, you go back 20 years ago, hey, we were, we were barely even, you know, doing any business with China. Mm-hmm. I went to China in 1999 and everyone was like, oh, my gosh, are you yeah. going to be OK? Mm-hmm. Well, now it's like, oh, my gosh. The you know, look how much. does lots of business there. Yeah. I've been to the you know, Middle East, you know, five different times for 50 days over the last couple of years. I couldn't imagine that graduating from high school, that yes. I would ever do that, right? Mm-hmm. You know, literally my senior year of college, the Berlin Wall fell. 
Think you know, that. 1989, it mm-hmm. fell senior year for me. That's less than 20 years ago. Think about it. Real. And so you just start to think about like. Tear down these walls. It's a little more than 20 years, but you know, the, the implications are just coming, right? Mm-hmm. So, gang, what a great show. Thank you for being here. Fascinating. Yeah. Diane, thank you. And Lee, thanks for being here. So next week, uh, I will actually be traveling. So Jennifer from our office will be uh, hosting the show. So stay tuned. Uh, Jennifer will be the hosting. I know it will be a lot around uh, communication and helping folks be effective as possible. So we appreciate you joining us each and every week. During the week, find us at uh, voltageleadership.com. You can email us at Lee, Jeff, or Diane at voltageleadership.com. If you need a speaker, you need someone engaged with us, please come around. Yes, thank you. Thanks for being with us today. Go make it a great day and connect with someone that's maybe a little younger, a little older, and see what you can learn today. Make it a great week. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to Voltcast, illuminating leadership. Please join your host, Jeff Smith, again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll discuss another engaging topic next week.